0: So here we are. But the church has got to get ready. We've got to get ready, get ready, get ready. And uh, I want to talk to you today about that. I started this thought, and as I was putting it together, it was too big for one service. So you may hear some more of it next time. Who knows? But I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to a city. There'll be no more night. Okay, Jonathan, help me. Jesus is alive. Trumpet's gonna sound. Somebody's saying, boy, I hope that slide comes up soon because we're about done with him singing. And I'll be caught away. I want to give the Lord praise while we're waiting you know what, sometimes the Lord does big things in our lives, and sometimes he does little things in our lives, and uh, my wife was involved in a fender bender the other day on Friday morning, and, (laughs) oh, so she didn't see a truck coming, happened to be that now are they saying nice things about me up at Culberson's because it wasn't me Austin it was my wife okay my wife pulled out in front of a Culberson's heating and cooling truck amen and thankfully she was all right she's in a suburban I mean you can't get much bigger than that you know and if she would have went out a little quicker it would have impacted her broadside but it was all in the front end Amen? Nobody was hurt. The driver of the Culberson's truck wasn't hurt. Is that truck totaled? Uh, well, and see, I was just praying about two days before. I said, now, Lord, I, I don't know. Maybe, Lord, you got another two years with this Suburban in my life. And what are you going to do? I mean, what's the next car you want to do? And the Lord didn't say a word. I just said, you know, you're just going to take care of it. And a couple of days later, it's totaled. Hallelujah. We're, get, we're getting a new one. Hallelujah. Praise God. So there that's that's how it rolls. So I thank the Lord that uh, he provides me. most of all I'm thankful for his protection because another six or eight inches and she would have been it would have been in her door and it would have been bad. Amen. Right there on one eighty five turning into where we live. And you know how they fly through there. You gotta turn your turn signal on F S. When you want to turn in my house to get into my house in the subdivision, you turn your turn signal on F S so everybody gets the idea of what you want to do. All right, so here we go. 11.07, I'm going to have you out of here by noon. you got to believe it, because if you don't believe, you won't. Well, we got to baptize Sister Peg. So um, I'm going to hurry. We're going to John chapter 14 today. John chapter 14, verse number 12 in the good old King James. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. Everybody say works. Works. And greater works than these shall he do. Everybody say greater. Greater Greater works, yes. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Everybody say anything. anything. Anything, that's right. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, that doesn't mean things that go through our thought processes, well, maybe the Lord will do this. It says anything. It says anything. Either he will or he won't. Is that the football game, Kevin? Okay. All right. Just making sure. Where was I? Anything. He'll do anything. Stop putting God in a box and letting him do what he wants to do. Stop putting him in your box and letting God do what you think he'll want to do. Stop thinking for God. If it wouldn't hurt it, I'd drop it probably won't it's a sure but it I'm telling you you know stop thinking for God let God do what God wants to do in your life take the hands off of God's will in your life take the hands off of the book of destiny that God has written for you from before you even first took first took your first breath And you got an eraser out trying to erase because you don't know if God wants to do that in your life and you don't know if God's got this plan in your life. So why in the world don't you just stop trying to edit the book of destiny in your life and let God do what God wants to do? Amen? We can't even free fall. We can't even have a trust fall in God because we're scared to death. What happens if? Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. That the Father would be glorified in the Son. He said, anything, you ask. Anything. Say anything. 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 Very good. Say it again, Riker Glenn. Anything. Yes. Yes. Anything. God wants to do things in your life that you can't believe. God wants to touch people in your life that you don't think God will ever touch. How many times has somebody came into the church and you've looked at them and you you, you thought in a million years that person would not be interested in it that person there's no way they would ever want to get in this gospel thing. no way they'd want to be born again no wonder no, no no way but guess what there's something inside of the hearts and lives of men there's an empty spot and that spot is called the God spot. that spot is there for the Spirit of God because we have been divinely created in the image of God and he has left that spot in every man's life to be filled and we as the church, are going to have to come up and buck up under the realization that we are in the last days, brothers and sisters. We are in the last times. This thing is coming down to an end. We have peace and tranquility for the most part right now in cities in America. We may not Tuesday night. I mean, it's dangerous to live out there. I saw a clip on YouTube last night. It's even dangerous in Texas if you're on a Biden Harris coach going i've, I've been I've, I've been to New Bronzeville, Texas. I preached in New Bronzeville, Texas, and on the interstate there was a motor coach that said Biden Harris, and somebody put the word out, man because I mean there were uh, they got. And it had to be Texas you know what you can I don't know if you can do this or not unless you've lived in, in Texas or in the south but you know when a truck is from the south because trucks in the south they are accessorized they got they're jacked up high they got extra wide tires they got all kinds of stuff they you just know I mean Amy and I can be driving down the road and I said there's a truck from Texas she said how do you know I said you don't even have to look at the license plate just look at the truck and when you come up on it Texas, Texas. So here's this coach going down the interstate surrounded by all of these Texas pickup trucks with Trump flags flying out the back. They were on the sides, both sides. They were in the back, and they were in the front. When they got up in the front, they slowed down. Come to find out, it wasn't Joe and Kamala, 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 or whatever her name is, you know, I think she gets offended when you call her the wrong name. But anyway, I've been called different names. Terry, Stacy, Tom. But the people that were on there were headed to Fort Worth and to Austin to do campaign stops. They canceled them all. They got so shook up of all those rednecks in Texas, those Trump supporters. It's dangerous out there. Now, if, if Trump loses, I don't know, I'm not, I don't think, I'm not planning on going and burning down Effingham. You know, if Trump loses, we're not going to burn down St. Louis. I mean, there's a few places between here and there that we probably should be burned down, bulldozed, and started all over, but we're not even going to talk about that either. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is we live in unprecedented times, and so the church is, we've been through an unprecedented year. Listen, a year ago, there were 40 more people here than there are now. But it's not just here, it's everywhere. I would say that probably coronavirus will disappear Wednesday. Let it be. Oh, Lord, yes, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. So we're going to have to be ready as a church. Now, what are we going to do here? Okay. All right, Jonathan, can you move me? I'm just going to throw this thing down. Amen. Right there. Next one. Pray that we get this system figured out. We're getting there. It's hard. Amen. So what I'm saying is we're going to have to look at our example in those scriptures. Whenever you're, you get there, Jonathan, I'll pick up on the next one. We're going to have to look at our example in the scriptures. We only have One example. Of what a church is supposed to look like, and that's found in the book of Acts. The church in the book of Acts is a church that is our example. Now, if you look in the world today and in the earth today, there's churches of all sorts of kinds and flavors. Mark chapter 11, verse 22, we're going to be going there. But when you look and compare the churches today with the church in the book of Acts, there are so many stark differences. There are so many uh, variations today. God's not looking for variations. If you would go back into the Old Testament, God gave Moses the pattern for the tabernacle. And he said, this is how you build it. This is how it is laid out. He also said that when when the priest goes in to offer the sacrifice on the Day of Atonement, Now, what I'm talking about is variableness, okay? Lateralness, moving, being able to move a little bit, right? God said when the high priest goes in to offer the sacrifice, he must wash at the labor. No question about it. He must wash at the labor. Because the next thing out of God's mouth was this. If he does not wash, he's dead. Oh my. God is like that. God is very exact. God is very intentional. God is very purposeful. God's plan, we don't deviate, He doesn't deviate from His plan. You know? I mean there are people today I'm going to be so crass to say this there are people today who think that if you eat 13 mustard and bologna sandwiches a day you're going to be saved and make it to heaven. You don't have to do anything else or I mean if you don't like mustard and bologna you could eat peanut butter and jelly. If you do this and this you'll be saved. But God laid out the instrument or uh, the manual and the instruction manual in the Bible. God laid it all out. He said, death, burial, and resurrection. He said, that's what the gospel is. The death, burial, the resurrection. Repentance, baptism, Holy Spirit. Repentance, baptism, Holy Ghost. Repentance, baptism, Holy Spirit. God is very, very uh, emphatic about what his plans are and how he's laid things out. And so we have to look at the church in the book of Acts. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. We're going to have to have more faith in God than we do our retirement plans. Oh, boy. Oh, I better get a drink because you folks are wearing me out already. We're going to have to have more faith in God than we do our own human will and reasoning and understanding. We're going to have to have faith in God more than we do the pastor. Oh. We're going to have to have faith in God. You're going to have to have more faith in God than you have in yourself. Yeah. We like to quote a scripture that says, not by might, nor by power, but by my, by my spirit, says the Lord. Anybody ever heard that one? You know where it's found. Zechariah 4, 6. The problem is, let's break that down. Not by might not by human will or reasoning nor by power our intellect our physical stamina you can't depend on your brains you can't depend on your brawn you have to depend on god because god is the only thing going to bring us through this god and his spirit is the only thing going to bring us into this last day church that we are looking at and so he says have faith in god He said, for verily I say that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Well, we quoted that today during the prayer. Amen. And so here we are, here we are today in 2020. We are on the the Sunday. Uh, We're almost to election eve, and it's going to be between the Orange Man and Sleepy Joe. Now, you see, back in July, back in July, before before all of the official nomination and all of this stuff, I'm thinking and I'm praying. And I'm saying, now, God, you have a Democratic Party that is split down the middle. You have a Democratic Party where Joe Biden has the momentum, but Bernie Sanders has the people. Now, what's going to happen here, Lord? How's this going to work? Number one, Sanders could not be the nomination. Now watch. Fasten your seatbelt. Because America would immediately reject socialism. So if you'll notice after, I can't believe I'm saying all this. I don't know why I'm saying all this. I'm saying it for a reason. I know that eventually it comes out why I said it. So on, when Joe Biden won the South Carolina primary, within a week everybody else dropped out of the race except Bernie and everybody threw their support behind Biden the reason is is because Scranton Joe lunchbox Joe has been a moderate from Scranton Pennsylvania all of his political career so now I'm saying the Lord why is this happening because Biden is here but biden doesn't have the entire democratic party because 2016 a lot of supporters of sanders voted for trump because whether you like it or not whether you believe this or not hillary stole the election from bernie you say pastor you're nuts no all you gotta do is watch television you gotta watch the right stuff you see if you watch television you would be smart about politics And you would also realize that you can get an insulin resistance, and that's what's causing that to still stick out. I'm just telling you. I saw that commercial the other night about jump, did a lap around the house, speaking in tongues. I thought, there it is. Let's get back to politics. So what happens? All of these other candidates drop out. Spartacus drops out. Pocahontas drops out. Isn't that crazy? All these people have nicknames. You know? They all drop out. Sister Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota dropped out. And by the way, it was so good to watch Justice Barrett turn Klobuchar inside out. It was just marvelous. (laughs) And Klobuchar thought she was going to be on the Supreme Court one day. Boy, they got high hopes, don't they? Anyhow, it's like... They're not going to vote for Sanders because of his agenda. But what they'll do is they'll put Joe up as a front. And then from behind, they'll bring the socialist agenda to get the Democrat voters to say, okay, we can vote for Joe because we know that Joe's lunchbox Joe from Scranton. Actually, he moved from Scranton when he was seven years old. Okay, and he took Amtrak to work every day, blah, 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 whatever. Okay, so now that's how they all put that together. And so there's a salining of political powers in all of this business. Okay, and so we're on the eve of seeing this election come about, but I'm, we, we don't have to worry about the election. What we need to worry about is ourselves. And as a church, are we ready for the end time that's coming? Are we ready for maybe persecution? Are we ready to be shut down? Are we ready to be, how about this, are we ready to be censored and filtered on Facebook and churches won't be able to broadcast? See, that's why my hair's getting thin, because I think like this a lot. I'm thinking, what's going on? You know? Back when the pandemic hit, let me tell you something. Back when everything shut down, if, if it wouldn't have been for Facebook Live, about probably 50 to 75% of your churches wouldn't have been able to broadcast anything. But they could all get up there on Facebook and do their thing. Thank God that we had the vision nine years ago to put in this camera system, and we just like we do all the time. But what happens if persecution comes? Is the church ready for the last days? Are we ready for the last days? God gave us this example, and he said, I want you to follow this example, and that's in the book of Acts. So he said, when you pray, you believe what you say, you don't doubt what you say, and you shall have what you say. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, pray, believe. Everybody say believe. Believe Believe and you receive them and you shall have them. Now, one thing that we're going to have to get is our faith level up. Another thing we're going to have to get up is our tolerance level. I didn't really realize this. Until uh, Mitchell moved to Arkansas. And one day, Mitchell sat in the office of my, of my buddy from college, who's a pastor. They were talking about me. And my buddy says to Mitchell, And you know how your dad is, Mitchell. You remember that? There's no question what he's thinking because he's going to say exactly what he thinks. So I'm listening, I'm going to tell you, we're going to have to get, I love you. I told you I loved you, right? Right? That's right before your dad beat you. I love you. I heard somebody say, oh, the devil's been fighting hard. And then I heard the next line, I don't even remember what it was. The next line was, yes, and the church is so soft. The church is so soft. We're all scared of the devil because the church is so soft. The least little thing the devil uses against us offends us. Somebody looked at me wrong. I ain't coming back to that church. If that was the case, you wouldn't have a pastor. I look out there, some of you when you're worshiping, you ain't worshiping, you're looking at me I know I'm eye candy, but I didn't know I was that sweet. Just looking at me. The day's coming, brothers and sisters. Jesus said, "And blessed is he what who is not offended in me." The day is coming. The Bible says in Psalm that he who has truth this is in Psalm, you can look it up, is not easily offended. We're going to have to leave the land of softness and having our feelings on our shoulder because the offenses are coming and the persecution is coming and the end time is coming upon us. And brothers and sisters, I know one thing, that when you're a soldier, nothing offends you. When you're Listen, SEAL Team 6 just went into Africa and just rescued some hostages. Just the other night, Donald Trump's up there having a big rally somewhere, and he knows in his mind SEAL Team 6 is on the job right now. They kidnapped a guy in in Niger, Africa. They were in northern Nigeria. I don't like that part of Africa. I I had a pastor when I was in Africa. I was in Ghana, and I was teaching a seminar. He said, I would like for you to come to Nigeria and teach and I'll admit I was very soft I said we'll we'll have to pray about that but in my mind I knew that Nigeria is not nice to Christians and the the Lord said well what happens if it's my will I said maybe you could send somebody else I'll go somewhere I mean I'll I'll go everywhere else I'll go to London I'll go to Honolulu I'll go anywhere else but Lord maybe you need to send somebody else to Nigeria And so soldiers don't get offended. Brothers and sisters, you and I know people that have come to church and somebody makes them mad. And some people don't have to do anything. People just walk in with chips on their shoulders. They walk, some of them walk in there with concrete blocks on their shoulders. I mean, they're big chips. And, and I was, we, Amy and I were in a revival one time in West Virginia, and this big old guy was sitting on the back row, and he was probably 6'4 or 6'5". Three hundred and some pounds, and he got up to testify. You remember that guy? He got up to testify. Now I wasn't—I didn't have the resistance that I have now. I was a lot skinnier and smaller, and I was sitting there. And he said, I, "He said I've just come to church, and I want to let everybody know that I've got a chip on my shoulder." This was his testimony, and he said, "I dare anybody to knock it off." Welcome to West Virginia, wild, wonderful West Virginia. And I tell you what, I was an evangelist, and I sure didn't want knocked the chip off his shoulder, but I think before that meeting was done, he was back there crying and boohooing and bawling, and God gave him the Holy Ghost, so you know what I'm telling you is this, we're going to have to toughen up, we know people that come to church, get offended and leave, uh, amen, and then they get on Facebook and broadcast all those mean people, family. you know what, forget them, let them go, amen, if they want to leave, let them go, but I'm telling you, if you're going to stick around, it's time to toughen up, seal team six, it's time to say, guess what, I am going to move in the kingdom, I, he said, whatever I ask in his name, that he would do it that he would be glorified i'm going and he said whatever i say when i pray if i believe that i have those things i shall have everybody say shall have i'll say it again shall have I shall have whatever I say. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, it is time, it is time, it is time. Hallelujah. That's why I'm excited about this 21 days of fasting and prayer. Every day has at least three people fasting. Hallelujah. We had four prayer meetings, anywhere from eight to 15. We're here during prayer meetings. What are you saying? I'm saying some of us are getting a hold of this thing. I pray that it gets a hold of us until it's like fire shut up in our bones. It's like God, I cannot do anything. I'm about to explode. I just gotta have some ministry to do. the devil's a liar. He's telling some of you right now, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. He just he got lack of sleep. You wouldn't even believe my night after prayer last night. It was a true pastor's night. Woo! I didn't get my extra hour. I lost four. Yeah. But what are you saying? The devil's saying don't listen to him. The devil's a liar. You can do this. You have, listen, oh, oh my, oh my goodness. What are the chances? Now, I hope I get this situation right. There was a, a, young, a young mother in, Ta- in, in Laos that moved to Nashville, Tennessee. Is that right, Joy? You moved to Tennessee. And, and so, long story short, she had some kids, and she was in America, and her kids were in Laos. Well, a man from St. Elmo, Illinois, who's in the same business that she is, they ran into each other and became friends. And they became good friends. They became good, good friends. You know, like that good, good father song? They became good, good friends. So one day he said, Will you? And she said, Yes. You know what I'm saying? Why am I standing right here saying that, Lydia? Huh? You, you, you getting nervous? Okay. Now, now watch. She could have met anybody from anywhere in the country, but she met somebody from the illustrious city of St. Elmo, Illinois and gets married and then moves and somebody says oh shouldn't he move to Tennessee therefore shall a man leave his father and mother in Cleveland to his wife oh that's not what that scripture means that scripture does not mean that that scripture means that that woman that wife that he has now taken on becomes the dominant matriarch female figure in that man's life he leaves the 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 protection, the skirt tails of his mother. And now his attention is to his wife. That's what that means. So Joy moves to St. Elmo. Lo and behold, her two sons in Laos get to come to America. Amen. What's the uncle's name in Boston? What's the uncle's name? Johnny, your uncle's name. Yeah. Huh? Pang. Pang. Uncle Pang. Does anybody else have Uncle Pang in your family? No. You got it. Bro, Uncle Pang is there, and, they, and they're in Boston, and here comes Nikki and Johnny. They come to live in St. Elmo. Johnny gets a job at the Thai restaurant working for June. People from this church go to the Thai restaurant and eat. I'm going somewhere with this Just hang on. We go in there and eat. When we go in there and eat, we're praying. Lord, bless this food in the name of Jesus. Don't let it add to the insulin resistance, but, Lord, let it work hard and strong against it. Because all the people in Asia are skinny, Lord. And so I want to be like them. I mean, I'm trying everything, friends. I'm trying everything. Except as Megan would say, thank God she's not in here. Your caloric intake. All right, I know I'm working. I got to work on my caloric and my caloric intake. So there is a hunger in this young man's life for something. We were talking one day. I said, "Okay, so Johnny, tell me, what do people do on Christmas Day in Laos?" You know, that's a very big traditional American holiday. What are they, this is what we do. What do they do in Laos? He said, they go get drunk. I said, okay. So there's an emptiness in his heart. He sees people coming to church or coming in there praying. One day he says, what church do you go to? And I said, well, this is one. Uh, Family worship center. I pastor there. Here's the directions. You know, I gave him the directions and all of that. And he said, I'm coming. I said, okay. Now, I've got to tell you something. and we're going to hit this in this lesson, probably not today. But I've got to tell you something. You know how many times preachers are lied to? Very well. Most of the time. Oh, pastor, I'm, I'm coming back to church. Oh, I'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to live for God going to do it. want to walk? You don't want to walk? So I gave him the address and said, Oh Lord, please help me not to be, please help me not to be doubtful. And lo and behold, he walks in the door and he comes to church. And that was his first Sunday. And he came back the second Sunday. And the second Sunday he was right here praying in the altar. And we're trying to explain to him that when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in a different language. And how do we know what language he's speaking in? But God gave Brother Johnny the Holy Ghost. Did you get baptized that same week? The next week? We did a Bible study, and we baptized him the next week. Now, what are you saying? Now, Brother Johnny's feeling the call to ministry he wants to preach. It all started, but it all started with this. Joy was doing Addie's nails and said, pray for my son, Johnny. He needs God. And I remember Addie standing up here and saying, the lady who does my nails, this that She wants us to pray for his son, her son Johnny. She said he needs God in his life. So we prayed for Johnny. And lo and behold, I don't know, a few months later, there's Johnny right there getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost why because the church was in a strategic place at a strategic time so get ready family worship center because god is getting ready to move you into strategic places and at strategic times when somebody's going to say please pray for my boy please pre, please pray for my family and you don't know you might say okay I'm going to pray but nothing will ever happen don't be like the pastor you say I'm going to pray and God's going to do it and God's going to watch we're going to watch God do what he wants to do this whole community is ready and ripe. hallelujah you just let the world get crazy this next week and the next two weeks and the next few months you just let things start burning down and and peaceful protest start happening And people are going to get scared. There's going to be fear. But you know why? Because Amos said there was everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And so here we are. Everything is about to be shaken. And God is getting us ready. Because we're going to have to be like a book of Acts church. We're going to have to be ready to pray. We're going to have to be ready. Listen, you might have to lay hands on somebody in the middle of Walmart. I know people. I know people that have the gift of evangelism on them. I prayed for that last night here, the gift of evangelism. One person can fill up half a section of a pews with people. Sylvia, you guys are here because of a guy who has a gift of evangelism on him. Nathan's here because of that guy. Amen. Emily's here because somebody had the gift of evangelism. The gift of evangelism is just like... You know what? We're just ready. I know a guy who told me. He said he went went to this church for a while. He came out of Walmart and he was talking to somebody, and they for some reason they just started telling them everything, and they started crying right there in the parking lot. I said, "What did you do?" He said, "I laid hands on him, and they got the Holy Ghost right there in the parking lot at Walmart." Why not? Look at your neighbor and say, "Why not? Why can't that happen? Why can't that happen at Dollar General? You might have to take your mask off, so you, you know, so." You, You might have to do that. But why not? Why can't God do something like that? Why not? Sister Peggy's here because of a man. Because she was attached to a family and to another family. Oh, Brother Dave Price. Some of you know Brother Dave. He passed away back in 2015. But there was a young man I'm closing. I don't need those slides anymore. We did two slides. That's enough. Amen. There was a young man named Aaron Davis. Aaron Davis had a blazer, and he would go to Dave to get his oil changed. Well, things began to change in Dave's life, and they started coming to church here. And I mean, Dave was wild for Jesus. I mean, capital W I L D, wild. Aaron went to get his oil changed one day. And they got to talking in the office at Dave Price's car dealership there. And Brother Dave began to tell Aaron about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> and Aaron's talking to him, and Dave's talking back. And Aaron starts to cry. Now this is the words of Aaron. He said, and the next thing I knew is Dave is coming up out of his chair and he comes to where I'm sitting and lays hands on my head. He said, the next thing I knew when I came to, I was laying on the floor of the car dealership speaking in tongues why can't people get the holy ghost at the car dealership why can't people get the holy ghost at walmart why can't people get the holy ghost wherever we are at because brothers and sisters the church is not this building this just houses the church Don't you know, Paul said, that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. So everywhere I go, the Holy Ghost is going with me. Everywhere I walk, the kingdom of God is walking with me. Everybody I touch, the kingdom of God is touching through me. Everywhere I speak, the kingdom of God is speaking through me. Oh, Family Worship Center, it's time, it's time. It's time to become that Book of Acts church. Glory. All right, can I have some music? We're going to baptize Sister Peggy. Now, we can't be soft, brothers and sisters. You got to get skin as thick as an elephant. I mean, you got to get, you got to, let me say this. Let me say this. Now, Johnny, if you're ever mean to me, First of all, it probably wouldn't be smart because I'm bigger than you. But I'm going to have to take you out in the first blow because you're a state wrestler. And I've heard, I've heard stories about you in college. Yeah. See, I worked for a pastor on the East Coast, ran about five or 600 people. And his son went to Bible college with Johnny. Well, now Johnny wasn't as big as he is now. I remember the day when he looked over at me, we were driving down the road, and he said, I broke 125. And I looked at him and I said, What? He said, I, I broke 125. I said, What are you talking about? He said, I, I weigh over 125 pounds now. I said, My Lord, Johnny, that's one of my legs. What what, rate, what weight did you wrestle? 103. State wrestler. Huh? He was a, a senior at 103. Oh, you wrestled with 98 as a junior. Oh, boy. So anyway, in college, you know, you get all these guys, all, all these college guys got this testosterone thing going, you know. They're, and everybody wants to always wrestle everybody. But nobody knew that Johnny was a, a state wrestler. All right? He didn't tell anybody. So one night after he comes home, you know, in the, in the dormitories at the college, they had these common areas in the middle. Rooms were this way and rooms were this way, and they had this center room. And that's where all the activity was always happening. Amen. So I guess they had a wrestling match, and my boss's son said, Hey, somebody needs to wrestle Whirly. He, he's just a little guy. Well, they didn't tell me he was a state wrestler. So I don't know who who decided to wrestle you. I'm sure you know who it was, probably. I think I do, yeah. How long did it take? Didn't take very long, did it? He just tied him up and put him down. Amen. Think twice before you come back again, son. I just injected that. I didn't know if you said that or not. But Johnny, I'm not serving God for you. Danny, I love you, but I'm not serving God for you. Even that orange shirt, I am not. Brother Nathan, I'm, I'm not serving God for any of you, you folks. Boy, that's mean, Pastor. No, I'm telling you. You can do whatever you want to me. You can be mean to me. I'm not leaving the kingdom because you're mean to me. I'm like mold. I'll keep coming back. I'm not leaving the church because somebody's mean to me, because somebody hurt my feelings. Because let me tell you something. There have been church people hurt my feelings for almost 40 years. And the old song says, I don't know if it's a gospel song or not, if it don't kill you, just makes you stronger. (laughs) Who's that? Who's that? Jason Aldean? Huh? Yeah, I I thought it was Christian. If it don't kill you, it makes you stronger, just makes you tougher. The church is going to have to toughen up. Brothers and sisters, we're not getting persecuted like the churches are in Africa. We're not getting killed like they are in the Middle East. We are not getting our heads cut off in France by terrorists walking into a church cutting people's heads off. That's not happening here. And we are so soft and we are so, so uh, just, just, we're just so weak. But God wants to lift us up. God wants to make us ready. God wants to make us stronger. God wants to use us, and he will, and he wants to. Amen? Give the Lord a hand praise right now. Give him some glory. Amen. All right. You all going to sing. We're going to go baptize Sister Peggy. So sing something for a minute. Oh. a lot especially the last few months and it's a you know um if your mental situation is not healthy your physical situation is going to suffer I mean that's why people die of stress and people die of diseases and <clears throat> all of that and the Bible says to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we need the thinking of the Lord in our minds. And our minds are renewed every day. And our lives are transformed. And so Sister Peg wants to do this for a new chapter, for a, a a new way of thinking. In fact, she's getting a she's she's going to she's changing every area of her life. She's going to move from her house to a different place. She getting her mind renewed. And so this is good. This is good. And she said she wanted to say something here. Okay, I got want
1: to go. I want to um, I've had 32 years of mental abuse. And um, my sons have gone through mental abuse, and um, I really didn't know I was going to get baptized until Sister Amy started singing "Show Us Your Glory," and the Lord just really impressed him. In my heart, you're not going to leave here like you came, and uh, it's like Pastor said. I've had two months of um, being alone. And that's okay. That's that's okay. It really is. Um, I just want to uh, give back to Satan today all that he has given me that I took. All the lies that he that he uh, that I believed. All everything. All the abuse. Thirty-two years of the abuse. Now I could go through um, uh, extensive counseling. But I tell you who my counselor is, is God. And, and this morning, that's who I'm going to. I'm going to God. And I'm, I'm having all this. I'm believing in faith that everything that has attached itself to me in the last 32 years, or even when I was just a child in the child abuse, I am letting it go. Amen. And I am surrendering it all today. And I encourage you, all you women, all you men out there who have been through the same thing I've gone through, but in your own situation, you're not too old to be baptized. You're not. You're not too old to let it loose. You surrender. I am surrendering today. In Jesus' name, I am putting Satan right back where he should have been all these years. I'm standing up and I'm making a difference and I'm going forward in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
0: Lord, as we baptize Sister Peg. Your word says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. So from this point forward, Lord, the old man is buried. Buried with him in baptism is what the word says in Romans, Romans chapter 6. Buried with him in baptism. So we bury the old man today in the name of Jesus. And we pray, God. That this new life, this new walk for Sister Peg, it starts today, in this the moment, will be a wonderful life, will be a glorious and a powerful life. Move mightily, Lord, in her life and in her children's lives. I pray for her sons today, God, that they would find healing in you. Let her, their mother's faith shine strong to them. In the name of Jesus, let their mother's faith shine strong to them. Let her become salt and light, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. We just pray it in Jesus' name.
1: I want to say, my sons are going to be watching this. I have three sons, and they're all grown and have their families. I want to say to my sons, if you can see me, because I'm going to have you watching this, I want to say from a mama's heart, from a mama's soul, I am sorry. I am so sorry. What your father have put you through, and for me that he's put me through, I'm so sorry. And I ask your forgiveness. Father God, in Jesus' name, I ask right now. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask right now, forgive me of all my sins. And forgive me of all my unrighteousness. I give my soul to you. For I belong to you. You fight for me. I belong to you, Jesus. From this day forward, I am yours. In Jesus' name. Da <speaking in Spanish>
2: Sister Peggy, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for healing of your mind and wholeness of your spirit, and from this day forward, you will walk in a new life. In
1: Jesus' name.